Good morning and welcome to episode. I'm I'm thinking it's 155. Ben, Maybe you've one been on fire lately. Wow, this is incredible. This is so incredible. Welcome to episode 155 of the Sunday Conversation Podcast, presented by Loyalty Liquors, Taco Casa, and the boys down in Texas. I guess because we never know who we're sponsored by. It's like total you know, guess. Maybe next week we'll it'll be Jimmy John's. Actually, no. Fuck Warren Buffett. We'll get there though. Does Warren Buffett uh, own Jimmy John's? Yeah, he sure does. Huh. I didn't know that. Um. Well, I don't think he does personally, but some one of his. You never been in a Jimmy John's? All over the walls is just all Warren Buffett quotes. Not a dude, there's not that many Jimmy Johns. In I know, I guess. I now that I think about that, I went it's like once, in, it's a top tier sandwich place. Uh, so they top say, tier. so they say, some people would argue that it's not because of how they do their uh, their mayonnaise on the bread, but that's for another day. <laughs> okay. I was thinking the same uh, thing, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, one fifty-five. Aaron and I. Um, how the hell are you, bro? How was your week, Ben? I'm I am well. My week was. Um, my week was good. Um, pretty standard. Nothing crazy. Uh, you know, work, work is dead. Fucking dead right now. I got uh, I got yelled at pretty good by the vice president of our company uh, due to my participation in something that could be considered. All right, let illegal. me ask. Let me ask what a yelling is like. Um, it's a it's a stern talking to. Let's put it that way. But, in person? No, over the phone. He called me. Um, well, okay. I hope he I hope he doesn't because what I'm about to say is he he probably wouldn't like. You know, he's like a five foot three Irish guy. Oh, in in person is not. Wait, did you say he's five foot? Is is his last name Bonaparte? No, that's that's he was French. And, you know, people actually. It's a joke. Yeah, he was actually like average height and people just, you know. But anyways, but he was he he, really. Yeah, he was. I think he was like five (laughs) ten. Napoleon. Napoleon. So what was everyone just giants back then, and they're like this normal five ten guy is a is a midget? Because no, nah, I think they that's... just I think they just okay he was five six, but that's not that short. No, Maximilian Robespierre, who invented the guillotine, you know the father of the French Revolution. Yep, of course, he was five foot three. That's why he was having everybody's heads chopped off. He's like, dude, are you kidding me? Five foot three? You shitting me? Yeah, um, that's tough. So, uh, fun... It wasn't Muggsy Bogues 5'3", and he could dunk. Muggsy Bogues was 5'3". That's cool. <laughs> wow. Look at me. Nice, Trivia. Nice. Trivia day. That was a great, the greatest Muggsy Bogues picture of all time is him standing next to Manute Bull. Who yes. Was like seven, yeah, seven. Was like, he was up to his waistline, fun, basically. Yeah, he was. Fun <laughs> fact about Manute Bull. He used to live in West Hartford. He used to shop at uh, my family's liquor store. No way. Yeah. Um, what, what was his ties here? Or here? Uh, I, I don't here, know. Like, I don't, like, I don't know, his, honestly. What was his ties in the panhandle of uh, Florida? Manute. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Manute Bull. He was seven foot seven, which is okay. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know how he ended up in Connecticut. What was Yao? Was he seven six? Yao Ming was, I think, seven six. Yep, seven six. Ben, wow, wow. We're just on. Are you? Hey, no, you're on may fire. Think, people may think we have like, you know, just cards hold up with everyone's like height and. Stuff. All right, I'm gonna like get. I'm gonna like give you one shot to stay. Give on me one. You get it right, then that's it. We're done. You go out a winner. You get it wrong, tough shit. All right, Ben. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Seven two. Oh, I think he's seven one, Ben. Oh no. Shaq. Seven one. Oh, Ben. No, You're a fucking loser. All right. Oh, Anyways. Son of a bitch. Okay. One I more. Don't swear anymore. One, one more fun <laughs> fact about uh Napoleon Bonaparte. He's the reason that the odd number of houses are on one side of the street and the even house numbers are on the other side of the street. Interesting. Fun fact. Um so anyways, to get back to where this tangent. Well, what we just else. did was we just got your boss off. He's like, these guys yeah, are right. idiots. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he just instantly clicked <laughs> off. All right, cool. So now let's talk about it. So uh, as short, I'll keep this as short as I possibly can. Came a snap a cab uh, was my number one item sold last year in terms of dollars. Like I sold a, a metric shit ton of Camus Napa cab here. I can actually tell you exactly how much. And uh, there were some Chinese customers. I believe we talked about this, right? Or, uh, the oh, Chinese yeah, I believe we cab. did. Yeah. All right. So remember, I said the Chinese guys were coming in and buying all this stuff and then they were shipping it to China uh, for whatever yeah. reason. Well, it turns out that's not what they were doing. What they were doing. They were was, shipping it down the road to their store. They were bringing it to New York. <laughs> And part of the problem is, is that like we sell liters of Camus, right? And we only sell liters to, of Camus to liquor stores a couple times a year. We legally have to. We can't just sell them to the restaurants. Well, in New York, they legally can just sell liters to restaurants. So these guys were coming in and they were going to like sushi restaurants and stuff. And they were buying liters of Camus for cheaper here than, than they could get them in New York, even though they couldn't buy them in New York. Bringing them to their stores selling them and then their sales reps from the companies that that they from the company southern glazers that sells them camus were coming into the store and being like where did these camus leaders come from i didn't sell you these and uh then they called the winery the winery called fbi us, was like what are you guys doing and uh so for, oh my god for my part of it i sold Two hundred eighty-four thousand dollars worth of Camus leaders last year. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm looking. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Two hundred eighty-four thousand dollars of Camus seven fifties. Forty-three thousand dollars of Camus leaders. Um. So all in all, I sold about three hundred and thirty thousand dollars worth of Camus last year. But you didn't know. Well, and really, I only had one account that was, you know, that was uh, uh, doing illegal things. And so he called me about that account and he was not too happy. And I was like, Hey man, this is pretty much, I, I'm paraphrasing, but I basically was like, Hey, you guys are management. You guys have the ability to put the stuff on hold and not let it go out like this and pay attention to how much, how many cases are going out. But you guys wanted to collect the paycheck too. And wanted the company to take their 15, 20% gross profit of $720 a case. 
and nobody complained until we got caught and now we got caught and now I'm getting in trouble for it. No sorry, Bob. So we and what uh, did he say? I, you know, I got a little tongue lashing. I got a little uh, slap on the wrist and and uh let's just say that customer will not be buying any Kama 750s this year. That's their they are cut off and you know, I hope they uh stashed away so, all that money. <laughs> that guy is so your your manager yelled at you and he should have been yelling at himself. He had the him between him and the brand manager, who, you know, as the name as the title suggests manages the brand, they had the ability to stop this dead in its tracks. But a lot of dollars were coming in. No one from the winery was probably complaining. So they were like, screw it, we'll take the dollars, you know? And then now the winery's upset. And instead of being like, hey, you know, we should they they took a little responsibility yesterday in our meeting, but they, you know, overall also wanted to make the sales reps that partook in it uh feel not great. But you know, I felt okay about it because my paychecks were nice last year. Um, so there was a there was a scheme, there was more than one sales yeah. rep doing this. Yeah, oh yeah. Did anybody have did you have light numbers compared to anybody? My account that so they showed us the list of like the 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 bad guys, you know, what you're going to do, what you're going to do. <laughs> Who's the bad guy? And Who's the bad guy? My account was the third worst offender. So there were two people who were actually worse. But, but my guy was number three, baby. Bronze medal. What's up with it? Hell yeah. I knew you podium. I was going to say, podium. I'm on that podium. I should have walked up to the front of the room and stood up on the desk, like put a number three on me, but. Yeah, so that, you know everyone that didn't partake was like, damn, damn that's how these yeah, guys are fucked up. <laughs> um and now there's now they're even more mad because they fucked up and there's not really any repercussions for yeah, the, for yeah. you guys. You know, it's just uh hey, don't do that again. Okay, you got it, no problem. Thanks for the paycheck. <laughs> um Ben, um so that and then yeah and then i'm back behind the bar tonight for the first time this year so that'll be fun but uh that's about it what's uh what's going on in your world how you doing doing good man um nothing we did a big ass fence job last week that was cool custom job which is my favorite um yeah so that was uh that was a good week for us and um I, we got a uh, a fixer upper. Um, that's pretty exciting. Kind of just you bought a fixer upper. Well, well, yeah, well, yeah, yes, yes, we did. Um, it's it's my not I did not buy the fixer upper. My in laws bought the fixer upper, and I am the fixer upper. But we're yeah yeah. So, uh, it's awesome. It's uh completely cracked foundation basically a gaping hole in the side of the house nice. so we we got our work cut out for us but we're <laughs> jacked up about it like it's the most positive huge inch crack that you could ever imagine um and that is true There's how do you how hole. do you I, I i don't know if our listeners will find this interesting but i will find it interesting how do you even fix a cracked foundation in the first place like, do you All just right, fill so, in the, the, the no cracks? so we got a, a company's gonna come out and they're gonna put these Helical piles. Okay. Like a pier under the ground. Okay. And it's essentially like they cut a hole in the foundation. 
And then they stick this like long rod and they start drilling it in. Okay. And as soon as it hits, they wait for like a PSI. So um, as soon as it hits a certain, like picture an auger digging into the ground and it's yep. going through sand. So your PSI is like one, nothing. You know, now you're getting a little tougher. And now you're getting, you know, some rocks and some other yep. shit. And now it's going up to like five. We're just calling these random numbers. But, you know, when it gets to eight, that's like, the sh- you know, what you need. Okay. So then you can like stop it. And now that's in the ground. It's not going to go down. It's like an, it's essentially like a giant drill bit. Okay. Stays in there. And then they attach their device or whatever to that thing. And they can pick the house up. They, you know, and by pick it up, I mean like they're moving it like eighths of an inch at a time, you know, like very slowly. As they do that, <clears throat> they drill holes all over the place in the foundation and they inject uh, like a spray foam, okay. like a heavy duty spray foam. And that kind of like, you know, that spray foam, you know, whatever the PSI of the spray foam is, is like absurd, like, yep. you know, very strong. So they inject the spray foam and then that will like essentially hold the house into the position that it needs to be. So what happened in this case was the, you know, the, this was, the house was built in the sixties on paper mill land. So they were just, you know, whatever they could have been dumping sawdust out there and that could be the ground, you know, for, so it, the foundation cracked and the and the cinder blocks like separated from each other, right? So like just picture the bottom of the back of the house yeah. just going down like two inches and the cinder blocks breaking off like halfway. Yeah. So like the cinder block is like moved like you know an inch out and like you know three quarters of an inch down from where it's supposed to be. So when you jack it back up, you kind of close that crack. And I mean, there'll always be a crack, but then we, you know, we just got to figure out what to fill it with. Right. I would imagine super glue. Everybody would, you know, or gorilla yeah. glue, you know, yeah. Not I mean, that, tough. That, that makes sense, I guess, you know, um, I always wondered that. I always wondered if your, if your house had a, had a cracked foundation. How the <clears> now, and that's it. Now that's if you're on a slab foundation, that's a slab meaning okay. like, you have a no basement. They just poured, you know, a, a six inch or you know, five inch concrete slab on the ground, and then just built the house on top of it. When you get into like a base, like a you know, foundation that's built over the top of a basement, yeah, that's when they can take those like, because in that case, the house is just like sitting on top of the so the foundation, so you can just jack it off. You can jack nice. it right off nice. <laughs> um, the foundation. And, you know, that's where you see, like, in Connecticut, that's a crazy story. I mean, the this company called J.J. Mott back in the 80s, like, they, for like a year or two years straight, they had bad concrete. Yeah. They were trying, they were mixing concrete and they were trying to, use, I think they were using like some sort of limestone or something, but. They were pouring like just insane amount of foundations in Connecticut at the time. And it was this one company that was like, I don't know if they were cheaper or or whatever, but they were, 
they were toting the line and they poured all these foundations and currently there's just like this like is it a it might be in the billions like a billion dollar lawsuit against jj mott in connecticut there's like you know thousands of homes that all need to have crumbling that. foundations and and that's what like so that happened that like in those cases, though, all those houses had to get picked off the foundation and they had to like redo the foundation. So the house is just like up in the air while they go work, you that's, know, under that's it. That's wild. Yeah. And sometimes they even just move it out of the way, jack it up enough to get it on a huge trailer and just, it's crazy how they can like move houses. Um, like fun, fun fact about uh, my childhood next door neighbor. Uh, Derek Pierce, his, uh, his dad was, um, was, a um, built houses. I'm trying to remember the fucking name of the company. He built, he basically built all the houses in the neighborhood I grew up in. Um, which, which, you know, you probably, Derek Seth is what the company was called. And it was, his name was, his, the guy's name was Derek Pierce. And, uh, so he was away one time and my sister was watching the house for him. You know, she was probably like eight. I was probably like 11. She was probably older than that. She was probably like 10. I was probably 13. And uh, at this time I was uh, very into hitting golf balls. And oh, okay. I, I, I teed up a golf ball in my front yard. Uh, I teed up a, re- a real golf ball in the front yard of my mom's house and with a driver uh, hit it as hard as I could and just complete shank into this dude's window. Heard it smash instantly. Obviously, because my sister was watching the house, we had the key. So we went in glass everywhere. I just left it. And then I tried to blame it on the cat. I said the cat did something to break it. And uh, obviously I got caught. The point of that story is this motherfucker. The golf, the golf ball's like still laying in the room. Yeah, right. <laughs> got, got my name on it. <laughs> The the point of the story being is that this dude's how this dude's dad built houses for a living and he charged me full price for a fucking new window to replace it. What a joke. Like you were getting it for wholesale and you're charging me retail. That's bullshit. Wow. The things you remember, you know? It's like oh, you'll remember Derek Pierce and that that son over, of a bitch. Over charging window pricing motherfucker well so the, the reason i bring him up is because i also think he ended up going i think he ended up going out a bit like i think he ended up filing for bankrupt bankrupt that's a yeah. i was gonna say that's a pretty norm in the uh construction world and i mean that and like it's tough because what happens is some little guy you know or I, I say little guy but like they could be a big operation, but in the grand scheme of things, they're still a little guy. They go after some big work, and all it takes is somebody to come, be like, okay, yeah, I got some money to spend right now. I'm going to build a crazy house. Yeah. Let's hire a carpenter to come build it for me. Right. He starts building it. All of a sudden, homeboy back here loses his money. Now this guy's like, I'm out all my money. And it's like it's it's a sketchy it's, it's kind a of a weird road system. to go down. It's a lot it of like really is. It's a lot of like working without getting paid yet. Totally is like crazy, you know. Yeah, it's like, and that's why. I mean, shit. If you want to be a good businessman, like 
you got to be getting like a third up front, yep. third halfway through, you know, a third at the end. Because if if something like that happens, you know, and you're on the hook, just say, you know, you you know, you got a, you know, a fifty thousand dollar job, and like you need to float twenty grand in materials on your account at the hardware store or whatever. That's on your account, right? You know, it's like that's why when I try to do stuff, I always try to have the buyer or like you know the person pay for the materials like i'm like i'll get the materials but i need the money like to get the materials because i'm not gonna right be on the hook for yeah that's why if you get stiffed you're you know you're only you're out your time labor right right you're out your time that's a very important lesson ben is that you should always protect your time and make sure what you're doing is getting you paid and is worth your time Totally. And that's another, that's the other thing. It's like uh, a lot of, a lot of people getting into the business, getting into the contracting world. Uh, They'll take like, here's a perfect example. The other day, this woman, actually it's the woman that's doing our wedding cake. And uh, she wanted an electronic gate operator at her house. Okay. Now my dad is an expert electronic gate operator guy like he's been doing it for 40 years yep i've i've set up countless of gates for him like done all the things like you need a little concrete pad you need to set like this is call this a rolling cantilever gate so the gate doesn't swing it rolls down a track shuts the door like you know like the gate shuts in front of you you know what i'm talking about yep so you need like two big posts. Those are your carrying posts. Those will have four wheels on them to like drive the gate. Then, you know, you need a latch post. You need um, a, a loop detector, like something in the ground. So when you pull up to the gate, either like it triggers a sensor or you need a keypad, to, you know, some entry form or a key, uh, you know, a garage door opener style pad. So this woman wanted a a 15 foot long rolling gate and like I had told her, I was like, yeah, I'm a fencer. We do, you know, gates, we do all this stuff. And, uh, you know, she texts me with what she wants. I go over, I look at it. And as I'm starting to like, think about it, it's like, I've done, I've done every single thing to have the gate in working order. Yep. You know, but I've, I've never sat under the gate operator, like on the circuit board and set up all like the stop limits and stuff. Like, right. you know, it has to, you know, you have to ha- set it. So it stops at a certain point and then waits however many seconds to, for it to close and all this. And like, as I'm sitting here thinking and like looking at numbers, like, you know, the gate operator alone is like three grand. Right. Um, my, you know, my dad charges 1500 bucks just to set up the concrete pad for it. So it's like all these things and I'm sitting here like, you know, you could be like googly eyed, like, Oh wow. I'm about to make a ton of money. I told her, I, I was like, I, I'm, I, I sent her this nice long text. I was like, you know, um, my dad, you know, is, is a, professional gate installer however i am not like i can do all i i no joke i legitimately said that i was like i can do all the things 
but I just don't feel comfortable because I was talking to him and it's like, he's like, Ben, he's like, those things break like every other day. Yeah. Not to mention this is going to be her the main gate at her house. You're talking right. like right. you're going in and out of it, you know, 10 times a day. You know, she delivers cakes everywhere. It's like, yeah. so, and I texted her. I was like, listen, like, I don't think that I, I said, I don't feel comfortable like doing it and then just having it break, you know, right. and then me not being there to fix it. Right. So that's, so to make a long story short, what I'm getting at, it's like, these contractors that don't get much work, then they have this like, whoa, like that's a potential lot of money, you know? And they're like, yeah. let's, you know, I, I want to do it so bad. I want to do it. And then next thing you know, it's like you bit off way more than you can chew. And and it's like, now do you, you're kind of almost setting yourself back. Cause it's like, Oh, that guy, he's not great. Like he came and did a job when he could be w- worthy for, you know, other things, but it's just like, and that's exactly it. So now a little guy's in a huge job for a ton of money and now the gate doesn't work and it's like all this shit and it's like it's a it's totally like a very like there is an art to it. Of like of course like big time. So when you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like in my in my life in the history of my life the times where it seems like something is going to be a huge payoff, like, you know, those things, you know, those things where, like, you get excited up front, like what you were just talking about, where you get excited, it seems like it's going to be a huge payoff, like, it might be a lot of work, but, like, it'll be worth it, and you go, like, they are never, almost never, ever never, worth, almost never, ever, worth. ever, I remember, because this, time is money, bro, you know that, totally, anybody, and it's like, if you're going and doing something, and it's, it takes you forever. Like, that's my whole thing. It's like, as soon as I get to a job that I'm working on, like for an hourly rate or whatever, or yeah. I'm sorry, not hourly rate, a set price. Yeah. All I'm thinking about is like minutes. Yeah. Like just get this with, done. every minute longer that you go, the le- is the less you make. And that's right. how it is. Unless you're working hourly, but then it's like, is your hourly rate? Like, you know, satisfying to you, you know, it's like, if you're working 25 bucks an hour, what's the point of drawing? I don't mean to say that that's, that's actually a really good. very elitist of you, Ben. 25 bucks um, an hour can (laughs) shove it up its ass. That is, that is that whatever, but that's the truth. That's the world we live in. It's scary. Hey, uh, learn a, learn a, um, trade because 25 bucks an hour, like that seems like a great rate, but, it's like if you learn a trade, you could, you know, be making hundreds of dollars an hour. I saw something um, very recently. I can't remember if it was on Bloomberg. Um, I'm just looking real quick. It said, <clears throat> no. It said, uh, if you are a minimum wage employee and you want your um, housing, to be 30% or less of your monthly income, you have to live with three fucking roommates. Like that's the current state of the country. I saw another thing. I might've brought this up recently too, but they said one in, excuse me, two, two in three Americans right now can't cover a $400 emergency expense. Yeah, man. 
and it's only getting worse. Like the, I just saw, this is ridiculous, but uh, Arizona Snowball just yeah. had they broke the record for the the highest, or maybe it's not a record, but uh, their lift ticket was three hundred and nine dollars for a day. For a day to Get go ski. Get the fuck out of here! Swear to God, yeah. Oh, they have some. God. They have some like um, I forgot what it said in the article, but they have some sort of like uh, like a fluctuating rate pending um demand. So like at you know it was it's based on like a you know a day that everybody wants to go skiing. They can only have so many tickets, so it's like I don't know. It's crazy, but yeah. So three hundred bucks to go skiing for a day, yet most Americans can't cover a four hundred dollar a month bill. Or, or, sorry, would you say a four hundred dollar like an emergency? Bill. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's just it's it's but it, I mean I noticed it. You know my I just got my electricity bill, and I think this is the first bill since the rate increase changed. Yet yeah, there you go. I think I have that in my pocket. Yeah. Well, mine's mine's in the mine's in the apartment somewhere. I shouldn't say where it is exactly. You um, probably shouldn't even keep it in your apartment. Probably not. Like they they make these things called banks. It probably would be fine. In yeah, there. Uh, I wouldn't keep it there either. Shit. But that's the thing, Ben. Is I don't like you know. I don't want to pay. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. System. Um. Anyways, uh, uh, three hundred four hundred dollar emergency expense. Oh, oh, my my uh, electricity bill. So my heat is electric, boogie woogie woogie, and um, my bill, like literally, my like what my average monthly bill is, is up like almost fifty percent, like bill to bill. Yeah. And I called and I, went on a fucking tirade the other day, and it just they the energy companies a, just have you by the balls, man. Dude, I have EverSource at my house up there in Connecticut. Yeah. So you know, I get the bill every whatever and it's like i used to get that thing around you know like 70 bucks it's yeah. a one it's a it's a 700 square foot house yeah dude it's getting to be like 225 it's a month crazy it's fucking like crazy. it's legit and we're legitimately getting to a point where if you don't already own a house or make you know between you and your partner 200 250 grand a year you're not buying one like we're, that's legitimately the point we're getting to right now. Right. I this is actually crazy. So yesterday. But I, hey, have you also heard? I, I mean, some insane thing, but like BlackRock or J.P. Morgan or one of them are they the same thing? Like uh, I don't know. BlackRock might but, operate under J.P. Morgan, but either way, they bought like two hundred and eighty-five billion dollars worth of residential real estate. Yeah. So too. right now, what I've heard is just like the banks own all of these homes mm -hmm. that ha like this all happened during this pandemic. I almost think it's probably the type of thing that they they inflated the home prices on purpose to get totally. everyone to sell. They buy it all up and then, in you know, whatever, sit on it now for a little bit. The market. And now you control the market. Exactly. Like, OK, what wants to be what? But yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, there's definitely truth. I saw, I used yesterday, uh, I think it's lendingtree.com has like a calculator, like a, how much, like how much can I afford for a house, right? Or, or how much of a house can I, 
what house costs can I fucking afford? Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't know how to phrase that to a point where it makes sense, but you get what I'm saying. And uh, so, of course, you got to answer a handful of questions, you know, your credit score, how much money you make, all that stuff. And then, you know, this fucking bullshit because they have to sell your data. You have to put in your email address, your phone number, all that stuff. I'm not even joking. The second, the last thing you have to put in your phone number, the second I put in my phone number, four fucking phone calls in a row from mortgage lenders. Four straight. One in a row was one after another. I was like, yo, what the fuck? So finally, the last one I picked up and the guy's like, hello, sir. We received a notification from LendingTree that you have interest in obtaining a mortgage. And I was like, I don't have interest in obtaining a mortgage. Have a good day. I hung up. Um, but uh, Aaron, do you recall when I lived in Texas about, yes. I don't know, three, was it three years ago now? Yep. Okay. Well, when I was working in Texas, I called a a company that does like, they like specialize in online inventory. Okay. Okay. So I called to get a quote from a company about like doing an online. So like you have a barcode and you stick it on one of your drills. Yeah. So like you could like scan your inventory into your system. I'm still getting calls asking whether or not I want to, uh, ex, you know, expedite our inventory yeah. thing. I'm like, I don't work there anymore. And it was, you know, three and a half years ago. Stop calling me, bro. <laughs> like, what is this world? Like, but, so, it, so is it just like a merry-go-round? Like, they put your name on it, and it's like, when they get back, they get back? It's it's weird, Ben. So so uh, so I, now I, and just, you know, I'm not, not going to put it out there to our 330 million listeners how much money I make, but, like, I make more than $25 an hour, okay? I make I make more than that. And the, um, like that, the house that I can afford right now, in theory, right? Like in, you know, based on in, fu- like, in Fugazi, in Fugazi, in Fugazi. <laughs> like it's like, it's crazy. Like that, the, because what, like what it, is on the market is, it was that one I passed in Nicaragua on the right hand side there. It, that, according <laughs> to lendingtree.com, I had, the I, mud, I had the mud on the top of the, yeah, uh, yep, yeah. exactly. S- according to block front wall, bamboo exactly. sidewalk. Uh, yep. Um, uh, what's that, that metal, the metal rods, uh, Corey, rebar, oh, rebar oh, windows, rebar, yeah, you know, yeah. um, you know it, keep the cats out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they're adjustable too, right? You can move them, <laughs> yeah, let airflow slide, in. Sliding rebar. Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but so I can, it, according to lendingtree.com, I can afford a like 300 to $400,000, uh, multifamily because i was looking at multifamilies right and the mortgage would be somewhere like around like 1800 bucks a month you buy a multifamily you charge your tenant 1600 1800 you know they just pay the mortgage and then you worry about everything else then i go and look at like what's available for 300 400 000 multifamily homes and i would be a slumlord basically like there would be just probably rats coming out of the basement cockroaches living like it just your money doesn't go anywhere anymore. We're like right. the house I grew because up in. It was like 250 grand. Gonna happen, what they want to happen is someone to come in, buy the absolute piece of donkey shit for, actually, I have a donkey and she has nice <laughs> shit. So um, they want you to buy, they want the huge player to buy the $300,000 multifamily and yeah. then rebuild some like, 
you know, four million, you know, whatever. No, I don't know. Yeah. Four million. No, but like, I know what you know, you're saying. A million and a half dollar thing. And then like, you know, restart the cycle of like, um, okay, now these are the new apartments that, you know, right. were once here. And it's like, you know, there's only so much space. That's the other thing. It's like, you know, property value in cities is only going to go up because people are now, you know, it's like if you live out in the countryside and you don't have any money, yeah. you're, you're, you better be like living off the land completely because you can't even afford to drive, you know, 20 miles to the get, like, that's what I think. Driving around Florida sometimes it's like, what happens when you legitimately have to drive 20 miles to a gas station? Like, you don't like the vehicle you're driving. Like I'm just speaking from like experience. Like I've seen these cars driving down the street, like over in like Apalachicola over in like East point where the, where they shut down the oyster, the bay. So there was like all these like low income fishermen that were already low income that now can't commercial fish anymore. So now they're no income. And it's like, Okay, they have to drive down, you know, way down there to fill up their tank. Like if they were going to go put 5 bucks in their tank. So now you get at 335 a gallon, you get basically a gallon and a half uh gallon and 3 quarters almost. Uh, about a gallon and a half. Oh wait. Gallon and a half. Okay, so gallon and a half and you get, you know, you know, like you know a vehicle that like that is probably not getting 35 miles to the gallon. So right. bring it into perspective. Now you're in a vehicle that's getting 12 miles to the gallon and you got, you know, it's like you, you physically, you know, at one point in life when gas was 10 cents a gallon, like, you know, you could, you would be okay, but it's like, right. we're just entering what country was it? I guess Germany, hyperinflation right the around Vi- the Weimar Republic. Yeah, so I think we're heading there, man. I really do. I actually, I saw something yesterday. Uh, It was was a guy who was talking about economic policy by the Federal Reserve and basically how easy it would be, how easy it could be to, oh, 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 I remember. Ah, Aaron, your brain. Ah, it's magic. Um, (laughs) He was talking about because the, the national... The national debt, the national deficit, like that money is is money that we've borrowed from other places. So that money carries influence <laughs> with it. So the uh, the last two years, the interest rates are last. Uh, what are we? 2023. So 2020, 2020 and 2021, the interest rates were low. They were under one percent. Uh, but then last year they were like one point nine percent. And I think this year there's a potential they're going to be as as high as 5%. That means the United States government will be paying a trillion dollars in interest this year. And how do you pay a trillion dollars in interest when you don't already have the trillion dollars? You print more money to pay the trillion dollars you now owe in interest. And so basically, this guy was talking about how if they don't find a way to get the national debt under control – the United States is going to have a hyperinflation problem similar to the Weimar Republic because you have to print money to pay down just interest payments, just like, you know, somebody paying the the minimum uh, minimum amount on their credit card. Like that's basically what the United States is doing right now. And it's 
it's like a crazy kind of scary prospect to think of. But then you watch the State of the Union. I, I don't know if you did. I, I watched about a half an hour, 40 minutes of it. And you see that the people that are running this country that are in charge of this stuff are fucking morons. I don't even mean Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I mean, all of them, all of them. They're all fucking idiots. And then you sit there and you're like, great. These are the people that are in charge of making sure that we don't get to the point where a loaf of bread costs a million dollars. Yeah. Like what was it? Venezuela. And they would like bring a, like a tractor full of money, you know, yeah. to whatever. And you needed like, Oh, this is basically like $10, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it used to be a, a million, you know, whatever it's like. So, and that's another thing, like basically being about like, like the whole like city thing going back to that. So now you have all these people in like massive financial crisis, hyperinflation in cities. Yep. What happens? Like people aren't thinking about food. You know, it's like the food just stops coming to the cities, you know, it's like, or whatever, whatever happens. Like that's why like the whole, you know, being able like self-sufficient is like a very real thing again, you, just, you know, like you just have to be man. Like in terms of, you know, wh whether you're gardening, it's like you could plant, you could plant some herbs in your garden or you're going to the store and you're spending like, you know, twice as much for like, you know, a little clove of cilantro call it or not. What would that be? A little bundle of cilantro. Yep. And it's like, in re in the in the grand scheme of things, you could probably plant like two cilantro plants for you know what you're buying the little thing of cilantro for, and that's where you know like what I'm getting at is like that's the scary thought of like what you know being in yeah. a. <clears throat> And, you know, it's like, I just keep thinking about New York City, like the, the island that New York City is, you know, it's like you, it's a kind of a different story. You're like a 45 minute retreat to, you know, your family's right. not really city like area, but like right. you talk about all these people like wanting to go to New York City or yeah. wanting to go to a big city where you're, you're physically stuck. And it's like, if you're not the elite of the elite, you know, with the option of like flying a helicopter, you know, to, to your destination, it's like, you know, you see these videos of people like walking around like New York city, like, Oh, what, what is your rent? They're like, Oh, it's 4,000 a yeah. month. Like, Oh, what do you have? You live in uh, a shoebox. Yeah. Studio. Um, I, you know, or whatever it is. It's like, at what point, does it fail? I guess that's the question. Yeah, I no doubt, Ben. Like I went and bought uh I, I went and bought onions or I bought onions last week. Oh, Saboya. Saboyas. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I was buying Saboyas because I was making uh I, I've been using this new uh like chicken taco uh dish uh for meal prepping because then I just have a bunch of you know, I have like three pounds of chicken that's just cooked up and ready to go heat up some corn tortillas you got you know a taco high protein tacos ready to go right away right two white onions cost me almost four dollars for fucking two onions where 
you know, if I had a garden or, you know, lived, had a yard and I could grow, like I could grow a hundred white onions for $4. You know what I mean? Like a white onion is not like has no nutritional value. You know, it, it, as far as flavoring goes, is actually like the most neutral of the onion family. And it's for, you know, $2 for a fucking onion. Like it's just, it's crazy, but you're right. If you like just simple lifestyle changes to make it all cheaper and easier, I guess. I mean, I don't know. No, man. that's the thing. I don't even know how we got off on this tangent, basically because the United States is in massive debt. So I guess that's how we yeah. got off on it. It's like, and that's the other thing. It's like, you see these people, like, I know this is a random turn, but like to like cryptocurrency, and and like you see these these things that people say like oh like you know crypto's going to die like don't trust crypto and it's like are you that effing dumb that you can't see what's happening with the dollar like you know it's like oh you know it's just crazy to me like uh we're in the money printing era well, that's just it. I just think, I machine. think having faith in, in anything the United States government is doing, especially when it comes to monetary policy, is just silly. I mean, that's just the long and the short of it. I think having faith in what the U.S. government does with just about anything is is just foolish at this point. Right. Everyone talks about like, oh, until crypto's regulated, you know, don't do anything. And I think you you stay in it up until crypto is regulated, because then if it's regulated, that means the government's got their hands in it and and those guys are the then it just worst. becomes what we're uh what we're already dealing with yeah well that feels like as good a place as any to wrap her up um as i'm looking at multifamily homes over here what's your outlook on the week let's 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 talk about something positive uh my outlook well tomorrow's you, tomorrow's what, a super bowl that's great yeah yeah um but actually, why don't why don't you give me your your prediction, Ben? It's the Eagles uh, and the um, Chiefs. And Keith, I Keith, think you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, no, no I, I I know because my boy Joe Burrow lost the Joe Burr. lost the Joe Burr lost the Chiefs. Um, so I would say I'm gonna say for all the homies out there, fly Eagles, fly. Um, and it's gonna be uh. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be uh, 20, 27-24. Okay. Eagles. So they cover. Um, Yeah, outlook for the week. Hey. I, I just hope hey. that, yeah. Good teams win. Great, Great teams, teams cover. cover. That's right. Tell them, baby. Wait, so who covers? Wait, who is the favorite? The Eagles are the What's favorite. the line? <laughs> More oh, really? Than half. <laughs> <laughs> um. My outlook oh. on the week, honestly, I think this week is going to probably be a little bit rocky in the stock market. Um, it looks like it will be. There's a big, uh, I think it's Thursday or Friday. There's a lot of economic data that comes out that'll dictate what the market does. But uh, all in all, Ben, uh, my outlook for the week is it's just going to be, it's going to be a good week. Uh, I'm bartending tonight. I'm working on Valentine's Day. Uh, after I get done with my day job, I'm working. Stack, stack bundles, my friend. Yeah, and I'm also hopefully going to get some great stories because the last time I worked on Valentine's Day, some awesome fucking stories. That's came. right. So that's right. Some good stories that come out of this. But what's your outlook on the week, Betty? Just working on the house. Yep. 
and uh yeah it's it's been pouring here the last two days so it was 60 weather degrees here yesterday oh heck yeah is it is it fake spring is it like yeah yeah i mean it's not as warm today and then it's gonna cool off a little bit this it's that you know you know the deal yeah fake spring everybody goes out in t-shirts and shorts but then you're like well this is like february 60s not really like <laughs> may 60 you know it's kind of a little different um uh, but all right i'm gonna go to the gym benny great chat buddy Hey, listen, to all the new people that have found this podcast, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. To everybody who used to, has been listening the whole time, thanks for listening. Um, the numbers have been growing like crazy, and it's not like Ben and I do anything to promote it. So thanks for finding it on your own. If you've shared it with somebody, thanks for that too. Uh, we appreciate you. Yeah, we if, love you. If it wasn't and sorry for, I swore a little bit today. Yeah, well, you know, you're swearing so little though, Ben, I might be able to count it up by the end of the year, just how many times you swore. So Okay. I think I I think I was and then like you can kind make a, a contribu- contribution to the swear jar. But uh um, Okay. Benny, great chat, buddy. I love you. Love you, bro. Fuck Warren Buffett.